0: Sometimes I even doubted him.
1: We all doubt.
0: I love Sut with all of my heart. But sometimes he is cruel. He wants me to be like him, a god.
1: And you're just a model man.
0: An ordinary man. Looking at the most extraordinary woman. You never seem to have doubts, Tysan. Oh, yes, I do. Believe me. If only I had someone like you be with, always, I might never be lonely again.
1: Welcome to Series Three, Episode Twenty Two of Conversation in the Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining my podcast panel today is Liz.
2: Hello. And Sabine. Hi.
1: We have episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series Three, Episode Twenty Two, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by John Reed, and the episode synopsis read up by Liz.
2: Luke is frustrated by the Rebel's victory, while the Guardian attempts to divine its deeper meaning from Zoot. Celine searches for a friend, while Alice tries to get through to Ned, and Tysan gets more than she bargained for.
1: Continuing on from last episode's cliffhanger, Ebony and Lex race to Warehouse to try and save Bray. A fight breaks out with the Chosen until Bray points out that the building is about to explode. Quickly agreeing to the ceasefire, they all flee. Later, the Rebels celebrate their win, and next teases Ebony about her concern for Bray. So yeah, panel, um, what did you make of the resolution to last episode's cliffhanger, the uh, Re- Rebels' victory, and the relationship that we see between them all here?
3: First off, they finally got some fighting skills. Surprised at that, and I just, I could not help but laugh at Bray's, look, as much as we like to fight you guys, this place is about to blow, let's take it elsewhere. <laughs> And the Chosen just leave their brethren behind. Yeah, yes. the Rebels have a body count. That's <laughs> so like, okay, they're going
2: to suit. Yeah, they did. Horribly.
1: <laughs> Didn't even stop for a second to try and drag them out. They just, like, left. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they legged it.
2: Exactly. <laughs> That's probably one of the it's most like- realistic moments in the Rebellion ever. <laughs> There's no time. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Those
3: people, nah, will just leave them.
2: I liked the victory. I liked the celebration. You know, it was a well-earned win. You know, they did that. Very cool. Felt like they'd done something substantial. Their reaction to it felt very natural. It was just, it was nice, you know, nice energy. Um, And I I liked, uh, my only thing I thought was funny was when they're back at the hideout or their little base that they have is, there's a shot of the three of them at the table Where Bryce starting to pour the drinks Like let's have a toast and mm-hmm. everything Which is super cool But in the background you can just see the ecos And they're looking I'm like what have those guys been doing <laughs> 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 Because I'm like yeah what do you have The Gaians doing When you guys are off on your adventures Like mm-hmm. are they just making sure The base doesn't get discovered How, You know what I mean like it just I thought that was fun and I was surprised that they eat we're even in on the conversation until Mm. bray says his toast and everybody agrees and i'm like did you give them anything to drink like i didn't know they were a part of this they need to they need to do a better job of bringing the guyans in into what they're contributing to this cause especially especially if you're drinking our alcohol right (laughs) you know i just thought that was kind of funny you know as soon as you know Raised, like to absent friends. All of a sudden, the rest are like raise their glasses. I'm like, when did you get a glass? I didn't know you were a part of this. <laughs> I thought you were just looking on, wondering what those three had gotten up to, and like they could have done a little better job incorporating the guy <laughs> in.
3: Can you can you imagine how they went back to base and told everyone? Oh, hi guys. Yeah, we just blew s- the Big Bang. You heard? We just blew something up, but don't worry. We just left a couple of chosen to be fried, but we didn't
2: get hurt. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd like it, you know, and I even like, uh, or Lex is trying to stir the pot with Ebony. And, you know, Bray, I just like that. No, they're, you can tell they're in such a good mood that even that little kind of bit of teasing, poking the bear, isn't actually affecting anybody. You know what I mean? Like, Bray's just staring yeah. at them both. He is unbothered by what's being said and is learning to just ignore most of what these two say. And so it does help that dynamic. Like, yeah, I, I, it, it's nice. It works. And I, I don't really have any complaints about that scene.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It was an, it was a nice. Yeah. Win for them. Um, I did like that Lex offered to take the blame for the wine. <laughs>
2: he says,
1: mm-hmm. Amber, I took it, <laughs> and Bray was like, "Yeah, I will." <laughs> 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 that was already the plan, guy. Yeah, it was already the plan. It's, it's nice to see them all get on.
3: Yeah, already the plan. But her whole tribe is drinking of it anyway, so. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I, I do agree. It is annoying how they're just background. They don't seem to be involved at all, the Gaians. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a, bit of a waste, I think, but
2: mm. I understand that you want to make sure you have your, your, your big three out on their adventures and you don't mm-hmm. want to mess up dynamic. And I'm cool with that. Just show what the Gaians are contributing mm. to in the background, you know, what, you know, you give them another task and we are aware of what that task is. Cause exactly. So far- yeah. They've been mm-hmm. given nothing to do, and it's kind of like, well, when, why did Amber bring them all down here? They could be living in peace, <laughs> and they're forced yeah. to just hang out in the concrete jungle waiting for her to return, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Just have them, like, scouting some, out other places or just something. Like, they just mm-hmm. have them doing something. <laughs> they're just yeah, sitting
2: that, there. <laughs> yeah, th- like, that would make sense. You can cover more ground. If you have this whole crowd of people who can blend in easily and aren't looking to start a fight and uh, can get themselves out of situations if they have to, send them out to go find this stuff. Just have a scene where one of them's reporting that, oh, we checked this place, this is what it is, blah, 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 or just anything. Just let hmm. us know what they're doing. Even if you're just showing them training in the background. Yeah, <laughs> Making equipment, you know, or just anything. It. Finding
3: food. or, you know, scouting around in the city because some of them should be able to at least, you know get a clear view of what the Chosen are up to
2: Is it supposed to taste like that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The explosion rocked the whole city This means something What it means is we must stop Bray and quickly Since our victory we've grown more and more complacent Some of us have with your permission, I'll redouble my efforts to find the rebel base. Not just yet. But, Guardian... You are forgetting, Luke. There is a
2: higher power watching over us.
1: Yeah, panel, uh, what do you make of the disconnect here between Luke and the Guardian, first of all?
2: I, I love what Luke says about how um, we've gotten complacent, and he's like, well, you know, some of us. You know, you know, he's <laughs> looking at the guardian thinking you, <laughs> you have lost your, you're not focused on the ball anymore, dude. Um, I i do like that, that tension. They've done a really good job building the tension between Luke and guardian, uh, the guardian. And uh, you can feel Luke's frustration. He's thinking practically, and the guardian's just thinking like, I didn't foresee this. How do I spin this into making sense for me and my vision? Um so I, I, th- I thought they did a good job with that. It's consistent. It's not anything new. We've been seeing it, but it is consistent. Um, I don't
3: know. It just, it's nice to see, though. You know, Luke's frustration is just, it makes so much sense that he sees it this way. Whereas, you know, the Guardian seems to take any person that's trying to go against them as a good thing right now. Oh yeah that's just a sign that they hate us And hate is good because it causes chaos They wouldn't do that if They didn't think we were forced to be reckoned with I don't know I just like Seeing that um, I just like seeing Luke Getting annoyed at the whole situation Yes it is Good to see him get annoyed
2: Luke is that guy who should get the promotion To manager But he's not the boss's son And he would never advocate for himself He's more capable. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the store likes him the most, but he does, he's not going to get the job. But the manager is going to need Luke to make sure the place runs and that they do any business. That's Luke. And I think uh, the show does a really good job of showing that about Luke. Not just saying that's the thing, but that's what Luke does and that he's necessary. They show why he's necessary. They show how Luke keeps everything running. Why anybody would want this guy on their side while... Also, illustrating why Luke will never run anything himself. You know, that's the one thing he lacks. He's got the skill to run things, but he has no uh, sense of authority, no sense of uh, direction of his own. You know, you give him Hmm. a mission and he can follow that mission to the letter, but he can't come up with a mission on his own. He's he's just like, ah, you know, left to his own devices, Luke wouldn't know what to do with himself. And I, I think the show does a great job of showing that. Because it it'll it come up even later, like how necessary he is to megalomaniacs who want to run stuff. And we'll see it done in a more inferior sense in seasons four and five, where they'll claim that somebody is that person to the leader, but they don't, they're not that person. You know what I mean? They don't know anything. They're not good at their job. So stop telling me that they're the second coming of Luke. With Luke, they they put the work in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think of Luke's suggestion that they should actually should be finding the location of the rebels' base? Like,
2: should they not not be doing that? Like, right. why? <laughs> you mean we should be trying to find people actively working against us and yeah. sabotaging us? Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should. I mean, <laughs> maybe we
3: should. You know, find I, a guy that. I
1: don't know how um, that's not been a priority. <laughs>
3: Oh, because that would make too much sense. That's like, they can't find the rebels, and Alice can't break them out. That's, you know, it's not how those things work. Everyone has to be stupid enough to stay where they are, without finding the other party.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what they should have already been trying to do. It's it's in the same vein of the Marats' Getting no punishment, having no repercussions Despite all the crazy things that are happening In their mall And mm. are done by the slaves And they don't see any ramifications for it Like, the Guardian is so unfocused Which he was not presented to us As that in the beginning So imagine how frustrating that is for Luke To just be like, what the frick You know, like, are you going to do anything About what's going on You've already You've already allowed two Slaves to infiltrate your life or you're listening to them and meeting with them on the reg and trusting <laughs> mm-hmm. what they have to say. Like, are you serious? Like, this isn't the guy I agreed to follow. And, and uh, and he and, you know,
3: Luke didn't agree with him wanting to kill Trudy. So that's he tried to kill the that... Supreme
2: Mother. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <frig? laughs> you know, that's just... You sold us on her immaculate conception. And, and you're like, ah, off with her head. Like, come on, dude. What is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, i'm honestly surprised he didn't
3: try to take over
1: like i can't understand why luke like doesn't want to take over doesn't want the, the kind of power and position but like, as like
3: but on the yeah. other hand he he had such a different vision yeah. than what guardians do now he had more like the, this will help everyone this will give yeah, guidance he to people harmony
1: and cohesion yeah. under the chosen and, but not this
3: and And he could have found a way to try and make that sort of work. Maybe in another city, but...
2: In a way, this definitely still fits the Guardian's vision. He always goes on about chaos, chaos, chaos. This Mm. is chaos.
1: This is, yeah. But
2: that's (laughs) not what he promised his followers. He promised that after the chaos would come the peace. And it's like, Mm -hmm. where's the freaking peace? (laughs) We have the city. We have control. Where's the peace? Why aren't we rebuilding? you know, and uh, even when the Guardian was like, oh, we're supposed to rebuild so we can burn it all down again. (laughs) It's like, okay, fine, but we're still not building anything. We're just sifting around in the ashes, dude. Like, what's the goal here?
3: Yeah, but would it be true chaos with a goal?
2: Exactly, and that's what I'm just saying. Like, for the Guardian, this is his plan in a way, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not what the other Chosen signed up for. Nope. To be fair, at least half of them signed up for a hot meal. Yep. Look, okay, I just don't want to die. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the chosen direction is very weird at the moment. Um, We'll discuss it in the next few episodes. <laughs> There's some weird directions going on. But um, for now, I mean, let's, let's follow on from that moment with KC. Uh, the fuel dump? Well, I guess it means the rebels are starting to fight back. No, no,
0: that is just the surface. Never mind the rebels. What does it mean? What is Zook trying to tell us?
1: Um. Yeah. How did you find like Casey? And Casey's kind of struggling to delicately navigate the Guardian's state of mind. Um, and possibly being misinterpreting his answers in the wrong way that we see from that scene. Like, what did you make of that moment?
2: I think it would have more impact if we knew what Casey's state of mind actually is. And how he's being emotionally affected by everything that's going on. Like, we got some insight earlier in the earlier episodes how Casey felt about all this. But now it doesn't seem like Casey has any goal in mind. It doesn't seem like he... It, he hasn't been established of, as being afraid of the Guardian. So here is his golden opportunity To dissuade whatever path the Guardian is on by saying, I think it was a warning. That's what I think the explosion was. I don't see why he wouldn't say that when he hasn't been established as being afraid of Jaffa. Um, Mm. I I think that was necessary for us to feel that he is actually trying to navigate and tiptoe around this guy. But when you have already established that Casey isn't afraid of the Guardian and is actually laughing about him behind his back and isn't concerned that any one of these people he's telling about his ruse could get it back to the Guardian. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Then this scene doesn't make any sense to me that he wouldn't take this opportunity. Even before, when he was just going along with the Oracle thing, it was to help Trudy. It was to protect his friends from getting in trouble from saving her. It was to get some extra food. And he was very careful with what he said so that nobody got in trouble. He had a goal. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I'm trying to stay safe, and I'm trying to protect the people I care about, even if they're a bunch of jerks. This scene, I'm like, I don't understand your answer, Casey. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, but who's there left for him to protect? I mean, yes, he wanted to protect Chloe, and kind of, well, kind of Patsy as well, but it's he tried that, they're gone. He tried to help Brian, he's gone. I think Casey's just looking out for number one at this point in time, and just You know, yes, he's not afraid of the Guardian, but it is in his best interest to give the Guardian the answers that he wants to hear because that will benefit him. That at least that won't, you know, anger him into not asking his advice again because he likes being in this position. It gives him certain freedoms that he wouldn't have otherwise.
2: Yeah, but I'm sure Casey would rather be free just in general. That's another thing I don't understand. Casey wanted to run off to join the rebels. Mm -hmm. that was established and now he has this freedom where he's literally just wandering the city you know trading and conning people and the rebels he hasn't even thought about them he hasn't even tried to find them like i just think they dropped Mm. the ball with kc yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and like what it is he wants and what he's trying to get done even if the only thing he wants is to look out for himself which fair enough Mm-hmm. He's tri- he tried to protect his family. His family shut him out, treated him like garbage. So it would make sense if Casey's like, "Fine, I'm only looking out for me." He's his behavior is still aimless, even if the only person he's looking out for is himself. You know, like you're saying, you'd rather stay here, being the guardian's pet, being a slave half the time, having half time freedom instead of using that freedom to just leave. And go join the Rebels. I'm sure you'd enjoy yourself a lot more. If you were with Lex, Ebony, and Bray. You know. Um, mm-hmm. And again. It's because they've done nothing to establish. Where Casey's head is at right now.
3: Yeah, I do have to wonder where his head is at. Because you know. Before he was like. That kid who basically worshipped Lex. Kind of. And no one. He's like nobody bothered to try and. Save us. Free us. Or at least not in his point of view. It's Yeah, I I think with everything that's happened to him, he's just given up on the whole cause and the freedom. And he's just thinking, okay, you know, as a guardian's pet, I get to do whatever the want, And I have people bringing me food, so I don't have to worry about that. He doesn't have to worry about his safety. And if he were out and about
2: and would run away, he definitely would. I mean, I'll give you some half points for that, but... I just don't think the show does a good a job to back that up so that I can be like fully agree with you, I guess
1: yeah, I think like, in a way, case he's become as isolated as scene has become like he's lost mm-hmm. he's lost all his close friends, he's got no allies in the mall at all, he's by himself, but they they haven't really shown what he's struggling with mentally. he's And his transition to going back to all these little scams and stuff, even though, like you mentioned, he's got access to food, shelter. He's like, It doesn't quite make sense. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's scamming for no real reason. You know what I mean? There's, there's no real benefit because he's got power. He's got food. He's got access to in and out of the mall. I mean, rather than if he was... You know what I mean? It just doesn't quite sync up.
2: <laughs> I, I don't think it's consistent with Casey either because even when... Back in like season one, when the only ally he had was Lex and Lex still treated him like garbage, but that was his only ally. Mm -hmm. Even back then, even when terrified, he still was a rage against the machine kind of kid. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like he had no reason to protect the mall rats when Top Hat got him. You know, what I mean, if he and he was established as terrified of this guy, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. And even then he was willing to defy someone who threatened to burn him alive just because, you know, and Mm -hmm. he could have easily just said, screw them all. They were never nice to me anyway. You know what I mean? I'll just do whatever this guy wants and I'll be protected that way. Even in that state of mind, Casey was just like, I'm not giving in. You know, even when scared of top hat, he stopped him from attacking Zandra, mm-hmm. you know, like that is who Casey is at his core. Even when he really feels like I've got nobody in my corner, nobody cares about me. He just doesn't give in to certain people. He the certain authority. It's just not his way, you know, and. And it also doesn't match because later Casey will be willing to stand up against the Guardian and be willing to join in and helping everybody get out. And it's like, well, then what were you wasting your time for doing nothing when you had Mm -hmm. all this freedom and you had the Guardian's ear? You could have been using that. So it doesn't make sense when later Casey's going to come back and want to be a part of the cause because it's like, well, then what was all this? I just wish we were given some insight into If he's despondent, fine, but you got to let me know. That he is, yeah. that he's checked mm-hmm. out because that's reasonable. That's a perfectly reasonable place to go after everything he's been through. But you got to let me know that you can't have the scene with the guardian and tell me I'm supposed to interpret that as Casey playing it safe out of fear. And then um scene after have him laughing and yeah. <laughs> freely telling anyone who will listen that it's a big joke. What's going on with the guardian? You know, Yeah. other than that, I do like the scene. You know, I especially love when the Guardian starts shouting and then he's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's cool, man. It's all good. <laughs> he's just looking at like, you are a freak. I'll just let myself out. You, you cool? We good? <laughs> Ari trying not to laugh again.
1: Okay. Um, everyone's best friend, Ned. Let's talk about
2: him. Uh, dude. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. (laughs) 101 ways on how not to make friends. (laughs) So let me get this straight. There's the rebels, but they're not here.
1: Then there's uh, Jack, Chloe, Ryan, and Danny, all missing. Then there's Zandra, Dahl, and Patsy. May they rest in peace. (laughs) And then there's, um, what's her name again? Amber. Amber. (laughs) That's right. She's dead, too. But then it turns out she's alive. It's beautiful. Yeah, joke all you
0: want. We'll be a tribe again one day. Tribe of what? Losers? I'll show you who's
3: a loser. Don't buy into it, sis. He's not worth it.
1: But yeah, panel, what do you make of Ned's brash attitude and his clashes with Alice? And does Ned have a point about their passive resistance failing?
2: I kind of feel like Ned is just saying he's speaking for the audience in many ways. Um, he is, one, he's catching up the audience to the absolute insanity and chaotic nature of the season and where people have gone, and what is, why, like, if you had just stumbled into this, you'd be like, why are these four people here? What is going on? You'd be so confused, because each episode does a very bad job of establishing what is happening. And Ned is literally just giving us an exposition dump in a great way. He's doing it with disdain and sarcasm of someone just walking into this and realizing, this sounds ridiculous. This really sounds ridiculous. And that lets the audience be caught up. And have some understanding of what the frick has happened. Um, I also think that he does have a point about their passive resistance. And that he's actually acknowledging this is a prison. I don't want to be here. And I don't know why you guys seem so cool with it. (laughs) (laughs) Because we've been saying the same thing. Why haven't you guys tried to get the frick out of this place? If it's so horrible and you don't want to be here. And you're just chilling and even though I, it, none of it makes him likable, he's making points. And I thought it was at least a creative way to again, get exposition out there and catch the audience up in a nice summary of what the frick has happened. And it does sound ridiculous when you hear it all at once.
3: Oh, I I just really uh, for me, it's just I I like the fact that he points out the obvious but I just Cannot help but love Alice's response to that And she was, <laughs> she was also mm-hmm. the
2: audience She was also the audience Somebody mm-hmm. punch this guy Please yep. I did think it was funny well, that when They're spray painting the mural one I was like Okay where are the guards that were Literally just established as being everywhere In the last episode how are the, He and the twins doing this without uh, Anybody oh, catching them mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. second, what do you mean he's trashing them all? Have you seen this place <laughs> the The chosen spray painted over everything? <laughs> what is one more like decal like seriously <laughs> let him have some fun um, and he makes a good point. what this is your passive resistance. I'm not hurting anybody. This is a prison. This is how I treat him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I actually liked that moment. I was like, even though I was like, where did you get the spray cans? Where are the guards? <laughs> I, you're not even downstairs hiding in a corner. You're upstairs where the guards usually are concentrated. What the frick? I I also, I don't like the conversation where, I, okay, I, I, it's not that Alice isn't, I, I'm not bothered with her trying to get everyone to work together and try to get through to Ned. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But what annoys me is they're talking about, like, what they all contribute to the group. And, uh, Bri, like, I can cook. I can do better what they serve here. I'm like, Pride, do you really think they're going to let you? Like, why would they let you? It's been established that these guys are not in control of their own mm-hmm. food source. What do you mean you're going to cook? <laughs> cook <laughs> what, Pride?
1: Yeah, that annoyed me.
3: Uh, and then a moment, the kids go, we're really good dog miners."
2: Yeah, uh, okay. Unlike Cloudy and Porky, unlike- where the frick have they been?
3: I like, yeah, okay. So the pets are back because, you know, you're a replacement for Chloe and Patsy. Uh,
2: so someone I'm has so sure pets. that Cloudy had been let go and Porky had been eaten. Mm-hmm. Like, where the heck have they been? You're telling me the chosen are choosing to feed them? <laughs> what? I, when Ellie goes, she's certainly not fussy. I'm like, yeah, she's so not fussy. I forgot she existed. <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: why ned's like whole attitude kind of annoyed me a lot more because they're supposed to be slaves he's just coming as a slave and he has annoyed all authority he's spray painting they're stealing stock stock from the secret stockpile <laughs> mm-hmm. and the entire uh, um pick of no chosen guards And it's so, like it just makes him this makes the whole situation even more ridiculous like like i said he summed it up mm-hmm. in, in this first conversation but their actions make it even worse. Yeah. They're supposed to be slaves, and they're getting away with everything, pretty much.
2: Let's shine a spotlight on this.
1: But you're not supposed to. You're, you're, you're showing how bad it is. Yeah.
3: But it, it, it's like the Chosen Guards were like, oh, these guys look like they're going to annoy Alice. Let them do that. Let's, yeah, pretty much. Let's give them free reign. Someone gets to annoy rain. Alice. We'll step back. Let and them we'll step back, and um, they'll annoy her. And she can take her anger out on them, not us.
2: <laughs> it's just like it's entertaining for them. It's just a weird thing to shine a spotlight on, like how absurd any of this actually is that any of them are here. Um, yeah, and I don't think you should do that when your writing is this poor about the imprisonment <laughs> of these so you know <laughs> these so-called prisoners hmm. it's. Like Casey's like, oh yeah, I'm in marketing. It's like Casey, why are you here? Why haven't you just left? Like none of this makes an ounce of sense. Like I, uh, I, it's so annoying. It it, it really is. And it, they did such a good job of establishing the chosen's presence in the last episode. This is a letdown moment. So it's like, okay, where where are the guards? Your new slaves are defacing the place. I don't even know where they got the equipment to do it. Where are you? <laughs> It's like, did you hand it to, to them because the children
3: claimed they were going to spray paints who'd be on your walls or what? This is the
2: second floor. The divine child's bedroom is mm. up here. <laughs> what the frick? I get it. You let them roam free downstairs like a bullpen. Fine. Fine. But the second floor, give me some guards in blue on the second floor at least. They should not have free mm-hmm. roam of that area. You know, like, it's just. Come on, some effort here.
1: No, they can go in and out of the cafes as much as they want. Grab whatever water food they want. They can, they, they can, they've can, got the full run the mall. <laughs> they can just do what they
2: want. It's just absolute chaos. <laughs> and I, it's like, then you should have been able to leave. Like, I could accept if it was chaos in the mall. But then we should see our heroes Trying to take advantage of that chaos and get out. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. you can't have them both. You can't have the guard our heroes being like, well, there's nothing we can do. It's so locked down tight and then show it like this. Like, no, no, you can't have both of those. It's not, that's not going to work.
1: It is so weird that they have tried to straddle that, have both, that, that they are in prison, but they're still, they're still them all. They kind of tried to play it both mm-hmm. ways. Like, very weird. Like, oh, yeah. you can't. You <laughs> You can't have both. <laughs> Like, oh yeah you can have braze room and stuff like that. <laughs> who gets to decide this <laughs> like, shouldn't this be Luke's decision like just talk- taking in new slaves like we we'll f- put them in wherever I say like uh, that's just so weird to me I don't understand it at all
2: <laughs> have a door why does Tyson have a door <laughs>
1: uh, <sighs> yeah they really really did this poorly this whole for imprisonment uh, I hate it
2: <laughs> yes, Ned being punched was very satisfying. hmm Very and the whole moment existed just so she could punch him. That's the only mm-hmm. reason this is ha- any of this is happening, is so that Alice can punch him in the face. And we can all yeah. be like, Yay, Mrs. Weasley. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> one yeah. of those moments orchestrated just for that.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And we've had Ned for what, three, four
3: episodes? <laughs> Yeah, but his, <laughs> it, it, his main purpose is to be annoying.
1: Oh, we've got that. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> I got that. Oh,
3: really. yeah. I think
2: we all got that. <laughs> You're laying it on a little thing. A little bit too thick. Yeah. <laughs> Way to
1: go. Because, yeah. <laughs> I think we were all cheering at the moment.
2: Like, don't stop at
3: one. <laughs> I wonder what's Pro- what pride's thinking on that idea of taking space room. Mm-hmm.
2: We don't know, have any idea what Pride thinks about anything. So Pride's on vacation. That's what he. This is his rehab to deal with losing Amber. I don't know. It'd be great if I knew he was just plotting on how to get her back. Just anything. What's Mm -hmm. Pride thinking?
1: Yeah, no idea.
2: Um, mm. Because Pride's attitude is one who of thinking. I'm exactly where I want to be. My Mm -hmm. plan is going accordingly, like what I wanted. That's his attitude. But we don't know if he has a plan or what nope. he, you know, what he wants. <laughs> nope. And I, I think it would be great if, you know, the whole time he was like, "I'm going to earn the trust of these suckers, figure out who I need to talk to, I'm going to get the baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm going to get the baby out of here. I don't care who I have to sacrifice to do it. You know. Um. But hey, no, who? that that would have been great
3: if, you know, he bonded with Trudy when he was bringing her to Amber and just. I did, I'll
2: go get that baby for you. It will huh? get your daughter for you. <laughs> oh, what a great moment that would have been! Anything to, even if you only said it offhand to calm her down, like I'm mm-hmm. going to bring your daughter to you. I'm going to make sure I'll your daughter is okay. Yeah, and you know she's like, "Thank you," and that it put her in a good headspace where he continued getting her on the journey. And then he thought mm-hmm. about it and said, "You know what? I am going to get her daughter. Somebody needs to give a crap about that kid." You know, <laughs> Let, let's show that I'm a better person than the child's actual uncle. Or just be like, it'll be it'll be healing for her. She needs her daughter. Mm-hmm. I understand why Bray could only save her, but she needs her child. She's in a bad way. She needs to, you know, be reunited. Just, that would mm-hmm. be great if that was all, that was Pride's main objective. Oh, how beautiful
3: would that be? We just have to imagine that that's what it is.
2: <laughs> that's the headcanon. He went rogue for Trudy. Mm-hmm. Woo! Mm-hmm. Pride and Trudy
3: shippers. <laughs> and, and I'm suddenly imagining... At like the end of season three, early season four, when they're standing together, you know, thinking about, okay, are we going after Amber and Bray? Wait, wait, Pride has to go back, and they're standing there together with Brady because they just look like a cute, happy little family.
2: <laughs> okay, I just re- I just rekindled the love I have for Bride and Trudy. Mm-hmm. I- I've shipped them a couple of times.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, a-, a later episode, <laughs> maybe ship Tysan and Pride. <laughs>
3: Oh, you are not alone, alone, dude. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: There's a scene coming
3: up soon. I'm like, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> ooh I could, could go have, for this. <laughs> that could have been fun. Yeah, I think that
2: I honestly I think Pride and Tyson are like the uh, the people who read Harry Potter and are just like it was supposed to be Harry and Hermione. <laughs> 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 like, like, there's nothing you can say to dissuade them. Like, nah, nah, nah that was the true, that was the OTP, right, OTF mm-hmm. or whatever you call it, mm-hmm. one true pairing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, why did that ever happen? Uh, Yeah, why? (laughs) (laughs) So you are not alone.
1: Oh, Celine, it's you.
0: Can I talk to you? It's not really a good time. Please, Tyson, I'll only take a minute. Okay, then. Now that Ryan's gone, I I feel so lonely. I mean, I try to be nice to people, but it just seems like everybody hates me. That's not true. It is. And I know why they hate me, too. It's because I went over to The Chosen. I couldn't help but I had to. Yeah, for the baby. But I could have held out. Like Alice or Ali, Or you, Tyson. Celine, I. At least you got to keep your self respect. I can't discuss this now. I have somewhere to go. I understand. Sorry I bothered you. Celine, I didn't mean. Celine!
1: Uh, yeah. Celine's state of mind. Her road to Zoot, Do you care?
3: Do you have sympathy? Um. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, she's managed to make everyone find her annoying. She has no one left to really talk to. All, you know, because of her own actions. So, yeah. Inspired by what she hears around her and the, in- the stuff she's been told, the last thing she can come up with is just pray to Zoot
2: and hope the insanity is real. I'm I'm two minds about it. Um, On one hand, I uh, I think that it kind of makes sense we see her through the entire episode trying to latch on to anybody which is consistent Mm -hmm. with Celine. that is what she's Mm -hmm. been doing from the moment we met her even though she had taken charge of three children she latched on to amber so hard immediately like what do we do i mean when they get to the mall and it's it's getting late Celine doesn't think, okay, I got to get these kids to bed because I've been taking care of them. This must be a routine for her by now. No, she looks to this new person she's just met. What do we do now? That is Celine. That's what she does. She latches on to other people to tell her what to do, to protect her, to guide her. So seeing her do that through this whole episode, well done. Without Ryan, she mm-hmm. needs an anchor, anybody. And it seems like Luke is already anchored to Ellie and she... I, you know, bless her heart, seem to recognize that and is like, oh I'll I'll back off. It looks like he's you know, that that's he's her sponsor, so I'll just leave him alone. Um <laughs> and, and she so desperately needs one. Without a, a physical anchor, an actual person, why not, you know, an alternative anchor? Like why not? Like, but at the same time it doesn't make sense to me because I don't think they've done a good enough job following her descent into the Chosen. So I'm just like, it would make way more sense to me if Celine just tried to find another person to latch onto, not this. What is it, ephemeral idea? Like, I just you didn't sell me on the Celine Chosen theory, so I'm not buying this that she would just start praying to him. I don't. Mm. You know, I I think she would need a little bit more rejection from the actual humans around her before she'd become that desperate. But again, they didn't put the work in to show her fall into the chosen and her belief structure into the chosen. There's like literally one time where she says, at least twice, she says some of what they said, you know, makes sense. And another time she says, I don't know what I believe anymore. That's not enough for me to think that Mm -hmm. she would start praying to this guy because she's desperate. You needed to do more. You need to show more classes. You need to show more conflict with what she actually believed. Because so far, her only conflict was that Ryan didn't want the Chosen and she was trying to protect their baby by going with the Chosen. It wasn't a conflict in her beliefs, just on what she planned to do for yeah. her own benefit. Mm-hmm. And so pulling this and saying, look, she's that desperate, she'd start praying to Zoot. I'm like, you haven't earned this. Where I'm also kind of like, well, yeah, she is desperate. She'll latch on to anything. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm two minds of it.
3: Yeah, but she she has been making those tiny remarks about you know Zoot being giving guidance and all that sort of you know. Not this, enough this for stuff. me. <laughs> no, no, it's just tiny little comments.
1: Yeah, I think that the point you made about because she always latches onto something physical, see her mm-hmm. anchor is like. Yeah, there not isn't hasn't been enough shown. Yeah, for me that to, to make me believe that yeah she's start praying to Yeah. Yeah, I just don't buy it with her yet.
2: But I do like the moments of rejection she's getting. Um, I like mm-hmm. it not just because, you know, it shows Celine being in character, trying to latch on to somebody, trying to make a connection with somebody because she drove her last connection to the brink of insanity um, and has not accepted responsibility for that. Or maybe she has. Maybe that, you know, maybe she's actually feeling some guilt. Who knows? We don't. Um, but I also like those moments because there, these moments are being, uh, fueled by what the other characters are going through that moment with Ellie, Ellie in that moment is torn by the affection. She is starting to feel for Luke and the love she still has for Jack. And she's mad at herself about it. You know, he comes to her and is like, I was able to get in touch with Jack and you can see her whole body just light up she's so happy to know Mm -hmm. he's okay she wants to tell him she loves him but then she's immediately reminded i'm supposed to be trying to trick this guard and use his affection for me so i can't say out loud what i really want to say to jack So she's like, can I give you a note? And, and then he basically lays it out what he knows she wants to say because he wants to say it to her. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and she's mad. She's angry about that. She's frustrated about it. And she takes it out on Celine, even though she does make a good point. Like, what do you mean those guys? Like, thank you. We wouldn't be in this mess if it wasn't for them. Good point. But it's mostly just coming from the frustration she feels inside. Same thing with Tysan. Tysan is about to betray her husband. She feels terrible about it, but she and probably doesn't want to sleep with the Guardian. Um, but is like, this is what I need to do. This is how I can help everybody. And she's actually kind of nervous. You could see that moment she had with Alice that she looked a little apprehensive about what she was gonna do, and maybe a little guilty. Mm-hmm. And she tells Celine, "I don't have time to talk." Which is so classic, Celine, to be like, I'll only be a minute, but then be mad when you're like, okay, you've had a minute. I gotta go. <laughs> Remember she did it to Amber in season one? I'll only be a minute and then sat there for hours. Amber's <laughs> like, I want to go to bed. Get out. <laughs> but Tyson's rejection is fueled by she's got stuff going on. She has to go meet with some guy and try and save all of you. She did not got time to mm-hmm. talk. And she even tried to tell you. I don't got time to talk. And Celine's all fine. I'm sorry. I bothered you. <laughs> Celine, she told you. Come on. <laughs> you said it would only be a minute. You can't start going into all this deep stuff. Now's not the time. <laughs> so those moments were pretty cool. I liked those. Like, you're not going to try and bond with Casey, Celine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's other people you could try.
3: Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, try, try, the, try the new little kids. Try and bond with Ned.
2: Try pride. He's like he looks like a strong anchor. Try him.
1: Oh. <laughs> she eventually does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. But I will say, at least that actually does make sense. She would try to latch on to something familiar. So mm. she would try to latch on to people that she like she already knows them. There's already a rapport between them, but uh and and she's desperately trying to make some sort of peace with them, you know, and and they're just like, Go away. <laughs> Oh, somebody wrote in the comment section. Uh, Tyson's expression when Celine comes to her door. She goes, "That's how I feel every time she comes on screen. <laughs> 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 <is> so cold <laughs> and so true." <laughs> <laughs> Do I feel bad for Celine? <sighs> no, it's tough. I mean, there's that part of me that's just like, no, I have no tolerance. For people who do this kind of stuff oh and then it comes back on you karma came back for you no i don't feel mm-hmm. sorry for you you did this and then at the same time i think victoria's uh performance is so good mm-hmm. it yeah. really is a great mm-hmm. performance of someone in absolute desolation of i screwed it up this bad i've lost everything except what i'm holding inside and i'm scared you know and I, I i'm human you know what i mean like i am human it's hard not to care about this young woman going through this, even if I think they could have done better with her story to make it easier to empathize with her.
3: Because, again, mm-hmm. I
2: think her joining The Chosen is like one of the least villainous things she ever did. Um, well, not the least, but you know what I mean? She did worse <laughs> things. <laughs> and so there is some empathy for how she ended up here. But it's not that I don't think she deserved. You, like, It's not like I don't think she didn't bring it on herself. I empathize with her, but it's like, girl, you're not a victim so much as nope. you got yourself here. Um, if you had treated Brian better, if you genuinely loved that man and cared about what he felt and had been there for him, had been a partner to him, you guys would have gotten through this chosen thing together because you would have had that love and that trust. But he had mm-hmm. no trust left for you. So, of course, when you promised his baby, your baby to these crazy people. There was no trust he could have that you, you weren't going to fall and that it wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like you got, you, you got us there, Celine. So I empathize, but I'm not like she's a victim. I don't think she's a victim. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does.
1: No, that makes sense. I just really wish they put more work into making us all empathize with them a lot more because Victoria, can act it out she's, she's fantastic So I don't know why They didn't lean Heavily into this And actually make us See her conflict And feel for her more Because uh, We just don't well, We genuinely don't
2: Yeah Nope Because that is Genuinely A, a Genuinely A sad moment When she's laying in the bed And the one person Who's been there For so long And Would never have left her Is gone and it's like, who do you have to blame for that? Only yourself. That's a dark mm-hmm. moment. You know, mm-hmm. it's dark tea time for the soul for anyone to have to go through and realize you just threw it all away and there's nothing you can do. You can't undo it, can't fix it. And Victoria just plays it well. And it's shot well too. Just the cool light the, mm-hmm. and just the ice, just her in the bed, just touching the blanket and sobbing, you know? And yeah. damn it, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the way she
3: acts, she makes me want to care more about Celine. It's just I can't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost but it's not this quite it, it's, this. Like, <laughs> it's like with Trudy, with everything we've seen her go through, I can sympathize with her, I can feel bad for her,
1: hmm yeah,
3: but with Celine, she brought most of it on herself. <laughs> so many of Celine's problems could have been prevented if she just acted like a more decent human being
2: that doesn't help either like it's hard to feel sympathy for someone who hasn't shown empathy for literally anybody else
0: (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) like as soon as you start thinking about that like gee did she react this way when poor chloe and patsy were taken away no she didn't Mm -hmm. give a crap what happened to those poor children Mm -hmm. and it's weird because they showed her being upset about trudy's impending execution you know like she didn't want trudy to be killed she didn't understand why that was happening you know, so it's like she's not incapable of empathy. She has shown it, but she also has this pattern of just like if it doesn't matter about her protection or her well-being, she don't care. Mm-hmm. She cared about the children in season one because it made her feel good to be important to them mm-hmm. and to have that position as mother of the tribe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she cared about Trudy because what is going to happen to her if Trudy got, you know, yeah. bumped off? And and what would happen to Brady,
3: but not even what would happen to Brady, but mainly, you know, what would that mean for her?
2: Right, you know, in season two, she stopped caring about the girls whenever it was convenient for her. Whenever she was like, oh, I've got other things to think about, and she didn't care what they were up to. And even the girls were aware of it. It's just like, Mm -hmm. and you want us to feel empathy for this person?
1: yeah we will come back to this discussion on Empathy for Steen in a few episodes um but that brings us to our final thoughts of this episode Guardian to love is not sinful don't say any more.
0: you can't possibly know what he has prepared for you unlike Trudy the imposter you alone are pure untainted by worldly things oh why did I take so long to see it What has Zoot planned? Don't you see? Zoot wants you to reign over the Chosen by my side for all eternity.
1: Uh, yeah. I know what you make of that moment. No. Just no.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm just so against the idea of replacing the Supreme Mother with someone who's not even a mother. I love this moment. It's...
2: This is a great example of subverting expectations because they like they establish what is going to go down. They've established what the conflict is between Tyson and the Guardian. The Guardian's afraid Mm -hmm. of his sexuality, his attraction to her. Oh my goodness, I almost he calls it a sin what he feels for her, you know. And he's praying to God when he almost touched her. He's just like, dude, what's happening to me, you know? And her conflict is. I'm going to go through with this, even if it means betraying my husband, because I want to save my friends. I want to fix all of this. And if this guy is into me, then I'm I'm going to break off a piece for him. If it will help everyone, that's the conflict that's been set up. Mm-hmm. And now here they come together and you're like, so is he going to break? Is she going to go through with it? And instead it, he, he takes a U-turn and it's like, wow, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's really cool that he took it in this direction. <laughs> I'm just as shocked as Tyson. Like what? He wants what now? You can see it. She's like, oh crap, <laughs> jinkies. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought this was gonna be an easy fix. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that uh, subversion. I thought that was great. Didn't expect it the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, and but at the same time, I also love it because it's so like cult leaders. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of the Supreme Mother is because Zoot chose her to carry his cabbage patch for Pete's sake. (laughs) (laughs) That's what makes her what she is. (laughs) You can't just replace that (laughs) with anybody. (laughs) And yet because he wants her. And he (laughs) needs it to make sense for him. That's what he's gonna do. And it's like, oh my gosh! Mm -hmm. You can find every, you can read almost any cult leader and find an example of Mm -hmm. something like this. Yep, where Mm -hmm. they just change the entire foundation of what they built their their belief structure on. Mm -hmm. You know, because I want this thing. So (laughs) he looks so relieved. He looks so relieved. He's like, "I I finally have a way to make this work. Yay! There's a loophole. I want her by my side. I want her company. I enjoy her company. She makes me feel safe. She makes me feel understood. And now I have a way to keep her by my side that that that, that works, that doesn't, you know, break the fragile construct I've created for myself.
3: Yeah, besides, you know, all the ideas that Trudy threw at him just before he decided to To want to kill her for saying that Those ideas
2: might actually be useful To him now but just you know With Tysan What I find interesting is that after he Does this his sexual attraction To her he's able to Button it down like it doesn't Come up again between these two Mm. Like once he establishes This is what she's going to be he doesn't Have any problem curbing his attraction To her because he has her as a companion Now yeah and I, I find that really interesting. He doesn't actually go forth with what Trudy was talking about. Mm. He, he seems satisfied. Like, I have her. I possess her. She's mm-hmm. mine. And that's what he really wanted. I simply wanted her. And nobody her. can ever have her. And no one can have her. I can control her. And I can have her in my pocket. And whenever I want her company, whenever I want to hear her voice or her words, and you do see him exert control over what she's allowed to say or think he wanted to possess her like a, a trinket mm-hmm. he's kind of acting
3: the way he acting in the very beginning with Trudy mm. in the cave
2: i coveted you and now yeah. you're
3: mine you're my toy now
2: now he just wants now he can just stroke her hair whenever he wants to mm-hmm. and that's all he seems to want after he gets that I just think of Tysan's headspace. This whole time, she's in this room with him. She's got the bedroom eyes on. You got the gorgeous eye lighting from the candles. But I'm thinking of Tysan's, what she's thinking this whole time in the scene with her and the Guardian. The whole time, she is psyching herself up to be with this guy. She's like, okay, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. He's got good hair. He's got good hair. You can do it. And he's moving in with a kiss. And she's like, all right. Okay, we're getting there. I know where to go from here. Okay, and then he's like Take one for the team. Exactly And then he hits her with that. I got it And she's like, what? What's going on? (laughs) Hey, hey, come back here (laughs) What have you got? And then he hits her with that Supreme Mother and you can see the look on her Face. She has no contingency Plan. She is just like "Uh." (laughs) What was it again? Oh, mighty suit. You didn't warn me About. Oh, what? (laughs) Michelle's face Is Pikachu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. She was not expecting that. <laughs> no, she was
2: not. Wonder if Jaffa often confused his de- his desperation to have this person in his life for physical attraction. Like we are trained at an early age from our society and the people around us to assume that once we hit our majority in life that we're going to hook up with somebody that sexual desire and things like that are going to be a part of our life which when for example if you're asexual or something that's very confusing cuz what happens when you never have that desire for anybody you believe you're supposed to you know so wherever you land on the spectrum of your sexuality you it's being programmed into you from early on that this is what you're supposed to want that's part of attraction to somebody and you, will, you may often engage in things with other people just because that's what you've been told is the normal path of what's supposed to happen with somebody that you enjoy being with. Um, so I kind of wonder if the reason he was able to immediately put a button on his physical attraction to Tyson might have been that sense of it's what I'm supposed to do when I have such a draw to somebody Because otherwise, I don't understand why it went away. Like, once you have her under your control, why wouldn't he take advantage of it if that's what he wanted so bad? You know, um, to the point he was willing to break his vows to Zoot to have it. But once he's able to make her Supreme Mother, it no longer seems to be a problem. So what if he was leaning into it because he thought, like, this is what you're supposed to do when you feel this strongly towards somebody. And then once he had a label for what he felt for her and could put her in the place he needed her to be if he didn't have that desire anymore? I don't know. That was just a thought
1: off the top of my head. You know, it is weird um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how completely their sexual desire just vanishes <laughs> instantly as soon as he does be able to reconcile her in his vision. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's is strange.
2: This episode wasn't that bad. This is the second time I had to watch it and I felt the same with it. I was like, I don't really... <sighs> something I ugh, I can't put my finger on this episode but mm-hmm. I'm annoyed I was annoyed having to watch it and <laughs> and the second time I felt the same I was still annoyed at having to watch it <laughs> but actually talking about it it wasn't that bad it wasn't as bad as it was in my head by myself there's
3: there's a, some good moments there you know
2: yeah
3: I was punching that being broader on top of that list
2: but <laughs> it's it's because the last episode was just so enjoyable you know what I yeah. mean? It, ha- it had a lot to live up to. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Um, that brings series three, episode 22 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if I take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message to our Facebook page, on our website, or on Instagram, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for episode 23. Until then, bye. Bye.
0: Bye.